Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed me on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. That's at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. This is Fetish Fridays. If you have a fetish that you want to talk about and reveal on my show, everyone remains anonymous. That's why it's called Strictly Anonymous. I change everybody's voices. And you can make up a phony name. You could call me from a phony number. If you have a fetish you want to talk about or just a regular secret naughty life where you <laughs> have a problem and nobody wants to talk to you about it anymore. And you want my unprofessional advice. I think I give good advice. It's unprofessional though. You could be on my show. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show or call my confessions hotline. That's 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could leave a naughty confessions there, but you could also leave me a message there telling me what you want to talk about on my show. And if I think it's right for the show, I will send you a link to sign up. Uh, yeah, if you're on a podcast app, make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on to YouTube, subscribe to my show. If you could give me a five-star review, wherever you are, do that if you love my show, only if it's real. <laughs> um, so listen, today I l have on Terry. Now, I'm obsessed with this episode. I don't know that I, if I do it a disservice by putting it just on Fetish Fridays, so maybe it should have went on a regular day because maybe some people think it's just about cross-dressing or these fetishes, but it's so much more. Uh, and that's what I love about this one. There's so many different layers to it. Terry is a guy who is into cross-dressing. He's also into pee play. He's also into hooking up with uh, transgender females. He is also or has been or was a major cheater. He's starting to get into the whole stag vixen thing with his girl, his wife. They're into chastity play now. And they're so much like I said that he's into that I don't even know if it's just should be on Fetish Fridays because so many people will be able to relate to this episode or learn from this episode because this guy Terry has had a lot of stuff go down in his life he had a lot of trauma when he was younger uh he acted out on that trauma he got busted acting out caught cheating two different times one with his girlfriend one with his wife uh, but his wife eventually stayed from him and then that getting caught was definitely a huge catalyst for him that changed the, his whole game. His wife is now knows all about his cross-dressing and everything that he's into and she's now playing with guys. She's watched him with guys. They're having threesomes. But before we get into that transformation, he does talk about all the things that led up to that. The trauma and the horrific stuff that happened to him when he was younger, uh, the fetishes that he had, they had nothing to do with the trauma. So here's this kid who has these fetishes, but then he has this trauma and then it all sort of comes together and then he acts out and he talks about all of that. But we talk about everything kind of separately, but you to hear it all together in a story is so super fascinating and it's very real life. So like I said, we talk about when he started getting into cross-dressing, the pee play thing does come from like a little bit of exploration when he's younger, he talks about that. And, and then him getting into cross-dressing when he starts dressing secretly and doing all of that undercover when he starts to see trans women and hooking up with them and then getting into anal play and all of that kind of stuff and then like I said he gets into when 
he met his wife, how he met her, how he felt about cheating on her and living this whole double life and how he was, how and why he was acting out. Okay. Cause that comes into play and then him getting busted and then everything changes from there. And now he's like living his best life. He is in chastity as we speak. Okay. When we were talking, he's like, oh yeah, I'm in chastity. They're into chastity play now. He was once in chastity for one whole month. He talks about that. He talks about their threesomes they're getting into and all the kind of good stuff, but it's so fascinating because of the change and how you see like a full story uh, and a big transformation in one person's life through work. I mean, this is a guy who went to therapy and really wanted to change and he did. Uh, and that's what's so great about this episode. So anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Terry. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Hi, Terry. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? Hi. I'm good. Terry, now listen, I'm going to change your voice, which is to make it sound kind of feminine. Like Terry is, it could be a girl or a guy's name. You're a cross-dresser. So I always feel like my cross-dressers, of course, want their voices a little higher than lower. I mean, because your voice is kind of deep, right? I'm going to make it higher. So people are going to know what I'm talking about. But you do, you know, you are a guy, but you do like to cross-dress, correct? Yeah. Um yeah, and that's evolved over over the years. Initially, I thought I wanted to be more feminine with a high voice and, and soft features, but um, through my growth, um, through my marriage with my wife, I've kind of evolved into this, like, in touch with my feminine, but still still being my masculine self and, and being proud to be both whenever I want. So we, her and I kind of go by this rule of, fluid, you know, everything's fluid. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad that I just gave that little speech about that because you actually like specifically have dealt with that and work through that and come on the other side. And you're here to say that like you don't you you have mastered that balance, actually. In your I, life. I don't know if I'd use mastered, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. And um, I, I've learned to sort of remove the shame. That's all part of my journey. And I'm, I'm hoping to sort of share with you and your listeners that you know, it started as one thing. And then as I've gotten to know myself and my wife has given me the space to explore myself, I, I, I found it's it's not necessarily any sort of definition. It's just me being able to be in touch with certain parts of me that society puts the definitions on and I don't necessarily fit all those. Listen, I think that labels and stuff like that are, are important, especially at times when you, you can't figure, when you're learning about yourself. But I totally get that eventually, I think what happens is exactly what you just said. Once you really work through it and you, you know, maybe you need those labels in the beginning, once you really work through it and you really are just accepting, what do you need those fucking labels for, right? It just, it is what it is. You are who you are. You like what you like, whatever you fucking want. That's like, but I think a lot of people aren't at that place. And that's why it is super interesting for you to share your story of how you got to that place. Yeah, I, I had a therapist. I went through therapy for a number of years right before COVID. And uh, that was her suggestion to share my story because she kind of acknowledged the same thing that you did, that um, the amount of growth I was able to do. Um, and, and I don't necessarily feel it. It's always it's always my wife or the therapist telling me such. But uh, apparently I've, I've had some growth and come a long way. You've seemed, come a long way. Seemed, yeah. Cause you're, to, you, you don't get it maybe. I, and I understand yeah. that, but other people listening and because here you are a guy who cross dresses and his wife is totally fine with it. I read, you didn't even have to tell me that, but I know that because of what you've said, you got to the place where your wife is completely fine with it. She's totally been helpful to you. And there's so many guys out there that aren't even close to that. They're still living like a, a secret life. Now, how did your story start out? I mean, were you always open with your wife? Did you just tell her? And then we're going to no, go back to fact, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. With my wife, it was actually a very difficult journey. And uh, as anybody that has children can probably acknowledge somewhere after the second child, you, you fall into these ruts and things get difficult. And uh, I, I started to escape the marriage into old and, and bad habits I, I had created. And uh she, she didn't give me an ultimatum, but I, I sensed it. She, there was a phone call. I was, I was at work and she's home with two kids and she goes, what's this? I, she found uh, correspondence on the computer. I, I had been chatting with somebody overseas. You know, there was, there was some video chat. There was like some uh, internet chat and uh, I had saved some screenshots and it was me exploring some of my kinks. And, uh, 
Oh my god, could you be a little bit more specific? <laughs> like, was it with a woman? Was it with a man? Like, I mean, yeah. how loaded was no, that? What she it, found? It was, with a, it was with a, it was with another woman. Okay. Which, um, my wife and I actually met, um, one summer when I was with a high school sweetheart and and a person I had had an eight year relationship with. So there, she was already aware that I had a past of infidelity. So right, because she met she you, it, when you were yeah, cheating. That, Okay. Oh, correct. Gosh. Correct. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 She was. She. She was the. She was the fling on the side one summer. Um. But it was oh. more than a fling. I had fallen head over heels for her. Yeah. But, uh, I'm a teacher, as I as I acknowledged, and uh, she was still close to to the age group that I was going to school for at the time to to work with. So it felt a little, uh, not right felt a little off so we we gave it some time and i was in a relationship and, and an immature one that that all of this trauma and exploration that i'm uh, i'm going to explain was, was happening but behind the ex-girlfriend's back and behind the scenes and uh so back back to my wife and i and the ultimatum knowing knowing all that history she called me up and said not not me you're not we're not doing this and uh to her credit she stood by me and gave me the space to work through the issues and we're in a beautiful spot today uh we went on a date um about a month ago and she borrowed one of my jumpsuits <laughs> she went into my wardrobe and asked if she could wear one of the jumpsuits that i have and it was a great time yeah but speaking of jumpsuits you just like jumped from her finding you cheating you didn't get yeah. specific on what she saw because i'm assuming that before she found that she knew nothing about your cross-dressing um, yeah, nothing about the cross-dressing. Now, so was that in the stuff it, that she found? She, it wasn't. It was, it was, okay. uh, it was like pee play and some other just like voyeuristic mm-hmm. kinks. Mm-hmm. And it kind of put her on her heels for, for many reasons. But the kink of asking this girl to, to pee on camera for me and asking this girl to, uh, show off certain pictures and places, um, all the things that I wouldn't do with her. Our, our sex life at the time was not necessarily vanilla, but it also wasn't kinky. You know, we, we, we did a few things. We, we tried. We had fun, ag- aggressive, experimental sex, but no real kinks. There was no, there was no pee play. There was no cross-dressing. There was no bondage. There was, it, it was sort of vanilla. So she sees all that and she's like, oh my God, you have this, all this stuff that you like and you're not telling me about it. You're telling this other person. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so I, I ceased ceased any extramarital contact communication with anybody and anything that I had been doing. And and at that time, I think it was maybe Craigslist or like Chat Roulette or what, what, one of those those places that I would go to sort of get my fix. And uh, I took the brave step to to dress for her and and put on clothes. And and it was quite an awkward experience because it's something I had never revealed to anybody other than the people that I would anonymously hook up with. It was always like one and done's, a few repeats, mostly through Craigslist when that was active. Um, Some adult friend finder stuff, but um, all one and done. You know, you you have that walk of shame after something like that happens and you never look back. You go, you live your life and two or three months later, the urge comes back and and you go explore. So um, I I don't know where you want me to take the journey. If you want me to go all the way back to sort of the yeah, beginning, give yeah. you a, a quick mm-hmm. overview yeah, I'd to love get that. Up, to my, up to speed to my marriage. Yeah, I'd love um, that. When did you first realize you were into cross-dressing? Was that the first kink or fetish that you realized you had? Um, No, it's the first thing that I, I remember exploring intentionally mm-hmm. um, about around 11 or 12, but I was at a daycare and there was a swimming pool and, and it was a great daycare. There was no neglect on the daycare provider's parts, but there was one kid in particular who took me into that we were changing together the boys changing with the boys he was three or four years older than me and i'm probably four or five years old at this point and he tells me that if you rub your penis and (laughs) it'll make it and he didn't touch me yeah you know instructing us to to rub myself he goes if you rub your penis enough it'll make you pee and it's supposed to feel good so here we are rubbing our penises in the changing room and he starts peeing on me. And so then I start peeing on him. And that's really the first sexual experience that, that I can, can remember. Well, there's your Um, pee play obsession. (laughs) For sure. sure. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, 
there was another girl that we we convinced to like show her her vagina and we showed our penises and and there was just like innocent exploring of different body parts and different things mm -hmm. and it wasn't really sexual but the sexual nature of it kind of stuck with me so i think both of those experiences touch on my voyeuristic and and the pee play yeah um and that was early on that was five or six years old mm -hmm. and um so i go on with life and around 11 or 12 um I'm old enough to be home alone. My younger brother is still at school and in after school care, but I'm I'm home alone exploring the house. And, uh, you know, I do what any kid kid in the 90s would do. You'd snoop in your parents' closet and you find your dad's porno mags or, or the tapes. Um, but at the same time, I was coming across my mom's silk negligees and, and underwear and pantyhose. So I, I don't really remember what led me to explore that. But I was trying on some of the clothes and walking around the house and watching the pornos and having a grand old time as an 11, 12 year old. Oh, my God. Um, and that was the first <laughs> time at 11 or 12. That's like a little older than normally. A lot of times I hear, oh, it starts off maybe as a pantyhose fetish or trying certain other sort of articles when you're way younger. But really for you, you didn't hadn't done any, nothing stood out to you before. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Um, I think maybe it was like a, a case of opportunity. Yeah. My, when my brother and I had shared a room for a number of years, we mm -hmm. had lived in a small house, then an apartment. My parents had finally built this, this big house. And, you know, it was only two or three years into being at this big new house that I was finally able to be home alone. Yeah. So um, maybe had I been alone and left to my own devices, I might've come across it sooner, but you know, being close with family, always active. It didn't, I didn't really get into the sexual stuff until around 11 or 12. And that's around the same time that I started exploring the women's clothes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so now I'm in junior high and, and I'm doing the, you still wearing the, the women's clothes and, and having experiments and uh, the cool kid in, in, in the school, uh, once it's having sleepovers, you know, different friends are hanging out. We're partying, we're, we're having swimming parties and he invites me to sleep over. And, uh, one of these sleepovers, he's sitting in his living room and he calls me into the living room. And when I get into the living room, he's sitting there with his dick out and it's as hard as a rock. Oh my God. This is like the most popular kid in class. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. all the girls like him. He's the one that got the girl to show the, lift their shirts up for everybody. You yeah. know, you know, the first one, the French kiss somebody and you know, the big tough good-looking, uh, charismatic Hot kid in Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, starts off, it, it, initially he was sort of like asking, but when I was sort of unsure and, and getting nervous, then it became more forceful. And this is where it turned into abuse. And so... Oh, wait, he, how old are you again? I'm about 13. Okay. And how old 12, was he? 13 years he's old. same grade. Same grade. Yeah. So he's a, he's a little bit older. I was always the young one in the grade. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he makes me give him oral, um, a few other times down the road, this happens more than once. Um, eventually he, he ends up, uh, having anal sex with me against my will. And oh my I attribute goodness. that. Yeah. And, and it coincides with the cross-dressing. So now I attribute this to myself. There's something wrong with me. I must be feminine. I must be a girl. I'm a... so this, this idea sits in my brain all through high school. Um, and but wait, wait, quick, quick question before you sure. jump there. Yeah. Now, why do you equate that with cross dressing? Were you dressed up the first time he forced you? No, no, that to two totally unrelated. Um, 
But how did? I, but I you made that connection. It's interesting that you did. That's what I was just yeah. wondering. Do you think it's yeah, because think, you're like thinking, oh, he he wouldn't be attracted to a boy. We're both boys, so I must be the girl because it's a you know was it that kind of thinking? Just like sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I think that's mm-hmm. that's that's where I went, and because there was this mantra, oh, we're not gay. It's not gay. I'm not gay. I'm just trying. I'm just experimenting. Right. So in my head, I'm like that kind of makes maybe sense. I got that's crazy, but that makes I sense. Be the feminine one. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's hardcore. Yeah, it was. It was. And um, I had also had some other trauma, some tragedy in my life. I had a family, close family member of mine that got, that got murdered in, a, in an armed robbery thing. So, you know, there's all this trauma in my 13-year-old brain. Oh, my you know, goodness. Floating around. Yeah. And so, thankfully for sports, it kept me occupied. And that, that, that again, was my space to disappear. I, I was preoccupied with sports, with activity. Um, and I get a girlfriend when I'm 16. And now, now I can explore sex. Um, quick backup. There was a group of girls that I would socialize with in high school. Um, close friends. I was always, always kept in the friend zone, but I became sort of enamored with one of their, one of my friends, her feet, you know, so feet became sort of, uh, an idea in my head. And then I get my girlfriend and she allows me to enjoy her feet, not really in a super sexual way, but in enough where like I got the rubber feet or like I get to jerk off with her bare feet. So this foot fetish, kind of develops so now you know i'm 16 years old here i am i have voyeurism and pee play from childhood i have cross-dressing that i don't know where it came from i'm, I'm abused so i'm having these male-on-male encounters and now i'm getting into feet so i'm just exploring everything um, wow that's a lot of that's a lot of action i mean going on <laughs> you know for a young kid to be taking that all on and make sense of it that's it's too much yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was a lot, and mm-hmm. so I became hypersexual. Everything, yeah. anything sexual, I jumped on it. Um, girls showed me attention, sure. Yeah, and so I I started cheating, and I would I would do these hookups, and you know the high school drama of junior and senior year relationships, and the guy cheating, and the girl coming back, and this goes on for about four years mm-hmm. until um, that that girlfriend and I take a real serious break, and then I'm kind of apathetic sexually, and that's confusing. So I started, this is where I start to get back into cross-dressing because now, now with the apathy, I started exploring like, what was it that that got me going? What got, what got my motor revved up and putting on women's clothes? Actually going to buy the women's clothes was just a rush itself. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. You go, you're going into Marshall's or you're going into some of these other discount stores and you're, you're searching the women's rack, but you're trying to do it fast and you're, you're looking over your shoulder. So this is all giving me some some rush, and then mm-hmm. I get home and I put the clothes on, and and I come really quick. I'm like, Oof. so this this rush continues to build, and now I'm chasing chasing this fetish, this cross dressing fetish, um, but no girls are into me, so that's confusing. I, I, I'm not getting any hookups, I'm not meeting any girls, and I'm cross dressing, and so maybe maybe I am bi, maybe I am gay, maybe I, maybe I I do want to be a girl, and this is that time period. That we mentioned at the start of the call with the high voice and i want it to be really feminine and right. wearing fishnet stockings and really really slutty clothing that's objective but where and, are you uh, doing this like behind closed doors in your room uh, out and about in a different town i mean so how- at first yeah at first i was at a um local two-year university mm-hmm. and you know, I'd, I'd be home during the day and my parents are off at work. So it starts starts there where I'm doing this at home when my parents are at work and my brother's at school or off to college. Then I did it. Then I go away to school and I have a dorm room. And after the first semester, my roommate quit. So I have a room to myself. So I'm, I'm doing this in my dorm room. And this is where Craigslist started. Once I'm in the dorm room and I'm realizing that I'm enjoying this cross-dressing, um, thoughts of like, guys and and guy on guy contacts start to creep in because as i said i'm not not getting a lot of traction in the women's area i was i was getting my hookups and interest but nothing nothing blowing me out of the water out of the water so i put some put an ad on craigslist and guys start responding and then i get skeeved out i don't want to go i don't want to deal with guys okay and then i get a transsexual that that shows interest so i decide sure i'll go for it a little best of both worlds right it I'm not sure if I like guys, but they have a penis, so I'm going to get a little bit of the penis, and then I still kind of, the person looks feminine, so I don't have to really commit to the thought that maybe I'm gay, and 
I go, I go to have this experience. So I dress up, I, I get in my car. Oh, I drive away from campus, dress up in my car on the side of the road. And then I drive to this person's house. And the person, as I now have learned in, in the fetish world, is more of a dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this triggers the trauma of the abuse that I had. Yeah. So now, now I'm stuck in this situation. How do I get out? I leave. There's all sorts of shame. I go back to being with my girlfriend. Then I start wearing, then my girlfriend moves in with me. So this is fast forward three months from that first experience or so. Semester ends. She's done with her school. She comes to live with me. Now I have a woman's wardrobe right in my own closet. Oh yeah. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that made it, that made it very easy. And so from the first time I tried women's clothes about 12, I think now we're, we've covered about eight years in between. So now, now I'm eight years removed from that, about 21 years old. And my girlfriend goes off to work. My roommates are all at school or they're busy, they're sleeping and I'm, I'm wearing women's clothes. I'm having a grand old time in the bedroom. Um, I'm, I'm watching porn and more and more I'm getting into transsexual porn. Um, I'm getting into like threesome porn. So a little bit of guy on guy action. And I, I decided to go back on Craigslist. And this time I find a more feminine bottom transsexual and they, they want to get together. So I drive down, we have this experience and I'm in, I'm in my male presentation. Um, she didn't want me to be presenting as female. She, she liked to be the female. Um, but she never gets an erection. She never gets hard. We have a good time. I can tell that she's enjoying herself. And so we have sex. I, I finished more at obligation and, and go on my way. And that wasn't satisfying either. Hmm. So now I'm super confused. I, you know, I have this, I have this security in my girlfriend. Um, I've cheated on her before, but she keeps coming back. So I, there's like a security blanket feel for me. But none of these other experiences are bringing the, there's something I'm still chasing. There's this high I'm still trying to get. I lay low for another couple of months. Still dressing every once in a while, that, that comes and goes. And I meet another third, a third transsexual through Craigslist. And th- this, this was the one that had really kind of convinced me to be where I am today, to be the cross-dresser and enjoy this fluid lifestyle. I, I go to meet her and Again, I drive away from the house, not campus this time, but I drive away from the house. I dress in a parking lot and I drive to go meet her. And as I get out of my car, I have to walk past her family members. There's like a family party in the background. There's um, cousins. Yeah. And and we're we're in a metropolitan area. So they're small little neighborhoods. Everybody's really close and on top of each other. And I have to go into this little basement. Do I have to go around the back and into the basement? And all of these people are looking at me. Everybody's watching me. And I'm like, my body's vibrating physically. I'm shaking out of like adrenaline and, and right. Anxiety, like it's a good but thing, a, but, but a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's scary, but a good thing. And I'm, I'm all sorts of, my whole body's tingling and I go in and her and I start having sex. We give each, we give each other oral. Um, I'm enjoying it. This is a grand old time. And she, uh, offers me poppers. I had never tried them before. So now I take an inhale and all inhibition is gone. Now I'm into this place that I was always scared to allow myself to go to. This like allowing myself to be feminine, to enjoy dick without any inhibition. And she asks if I want to have anal sex. So sure, let's go for it. And she gets inside of me and maybe 30 seconds of her um, pumping inside of me and I explode. I have, I have an orgasm where cum shoots over my shoulder. My body is like tingly head to toe shoots out of my toes and my fingers. Um, Shortly thereafter from the excitement, she comes and it's that ultimate high that I was always chasing. I'm like, Whoa, that's an orgasm. I've never felt that before. This, this is what I want to do. I meet her four or five more times. Always poppers. Um, always poppers. One time she didn't have any and it wasn't, didn't take away from the experience. Okay. Um, but I did realize, I did realize that it helped me enjoy anal, mm-hmm. which, which I, because of the traumatic experience as a kid, it was never something I enjoyed, but was still always curious about. Yeah. So n- now I realize I like anal sex. I like pleasing a penis. There's something very rewarding about physically seeing it grow and get hard. 
um, making it come and having this visual, um, physical experience from it. Um, and I enjoy giving women oral. I, my wife and I are very, she, she loves my mouth. I love, I love eating her out all the time, but it took me a while to learn a woman's anatomy and, and her orgasm. So here I am 22 years old and a male orgasm or, or a transsexual orgasm with a penis is just like the ultimate reward. Mm-hmm. And, and I just had this mind blowing orgasm. This, this, this seems great. But I got this girlfriend and I have this security and I have a, I'm going to school to be a teacher. There's this outwardly appearance that I need to maintain. And, and now I struggle with this new, this new battle. Mm-hmm. And I live in this lifestyle for about another four, three years. It was another three years that I lived that way where I was with this girl. I would cross dress on the side. I would meet this transsexual for a number of times until I moved away from that city. Now, now I'm starting to find, because there's no transsexuals when I moved back home to a more rural area, there's, there's no population that's suitable for me. So now yeah. I start meeting men. Um, regular married dudes. Men, they, regular dudes. Mainly yeah. married men because they feel safe at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it gets random to random men. I, a few women mix in there. But, but all through websites like Adult Friend Finder or Craigslist or um, by this point I get on to FetLife. So I'm starting to just explore around and I'm taking anything I can get. I, I know I know I like anal, so I'm having anal sex. I, I like giving oral, so I'm I'm giving oral to men and women. And then when it's time to be be in regular cisgender mode, I'm I'm with my girlfriend and I, and I'm just like any other guy you see on the street. It was never satisfying. I think I was gonna marry her just out of obligation. So it wasn't super satisfying. And we eventually break up more so on her part because she came home one day and found all of my women's clothes. I forgot oh. to hide my stash. Oh, so you got busted. I got busted. And it was just, it was the last straw. I had cheated on her before. Um, she actually thought there were another woman's clothes. I can't um, tell you that how many times that must happen with women. I've talked about yeah. it on my show before. Cause I was watching a reality TV program once and, uh, the girl found a bra in her boyfriend's drawer, you know, and they're having this big argument and he's like, I swear it wasn't, but I'm like, most people aren't thinking because they haven't talked to as many people as I have. And some people don't know unless you're in that world that (laughs) that there's a very good chance that that's his fucking bra. (laughs) And I don't know what's worse, you know, you know, do you, would you rather her think it's like, I, what I've heard from guys like you is like, you'd rather them, think it's another girl's than yours. I mean, what's the lesser of two, those two evils? What, you know, if, if you do get busted, what do you want her to believe? I think the girl wants to believe it's another girl's too, more so than it's your fucking close. Yeah. And I think that was her take at that point is she didn't want to believe. Cause I tried yeah. to come out to her. I said, at that point I, I was, I was just like, Hey, that's my stuff. And she thought I was making up an excuse. She didn't think I was being honest. Oh, so, wow. Even when you, oh, I got to tell, yeah. I got to say something though. It really is somebody listening that is a fucking liar and maybe isn't, is just fucking other girls. Use that next time and be like, no, it's, it's mine. I like <laughs> to dress up. <laughs> you could use it in the opposite way. You know what I mean? If it really I, is another girl and they're not going to believe you. <laughs> I, but, but I think because I wasn't trusting to her anymore, I had lied so many times that she didn't believe anything out of my mouth. was a lie. Yeah. 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 Wow. F- funny thing. Full circle, a little side note. Yeah. Um, we still live in the same town, my ex-girlfriend and I, and our children are in, they, they were in school. They were in the same class last year. Mm-hmm. So we're back on a talking basis. And, and just this week I reached out to her and said, Hey, we're seeing each other now. We need to like clear the air. And, yeah. and my plan is to come out to her. I'm going to, I have a, an Instagram page for my cross-dressing self. Um, and Let I, her gonna, listen like, to this uh, episode too. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to go on my real podcast channel. It's It's got a lot of good stuff and it needs to be heard by many people. Um, yeah, so you could let her listen to this too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Okay, so she had found all your stuff and that's really what ended that. Because she just thinks that's you're it. just like a fucking cheater, scumbag. Whether it's yours or another girl's. I mean, like you said, she's at the point where she doesn't believe a word you say. Yeah, and and, and we, we we go back and forth. We're apart, we're not. 
she there's a party that she has at um, her family's family property. And I walk in on her with another guy. I think she was just so done. And she, she didn't know. She didn't want. She couldn't leave. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We she sabotaged. We're, we're, yeah. Yeah. We're, we were in this cycle, you know, this really toxic cycle mm-hmm. of like cheating, come back together, cheating, come back together. Mm-hmm. So she she set it, set it up. So I walk in on her and this other guy. Wow. That's I, a revenge I, fuck if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> yeah. You aren't kidding. But, but it's something that I think is leading to a little bit of stag vixen or cuckolding oh. fantasy play that my wife and I are starting to get into. So yeah, yeah. I'll get to that in a few minutes. Okay. Um, so her and I are done. That's mm-hmm. the ultimate done. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back. I end up living with my parents for a few months. So now, now I can't explore my fetishes because I'm back in my old bedroom. It's taking me all the way back to 11 and 12 years old when I'm wearing my mom's clothes. So, you know, there's all sorts of this stuff going on. I eventually get my own apartment. Um, at the same time, I also reach out on social media to my now wife. Hey, you know, I'm finally done with the the girlfriend. You know, it, it's done, done. I'm not looking for a relationship. I just want to like be friends. You're always somebody that enamored me. I, I'd like to just be friends. She accepts the Facebook message and we, we go back and forth and that's about it. Until about three months later, I get a phone call and we're, I'm having dinner with my parents. This is right before I move out to my apartment and uh, she's, in, she's in tears. I broke up. We broke up. I think we're done. And, you know, my, my heart goes through the moon. I'm like, okay. She called me. She called me. She broke up with the boyfriend. She called me. And I'm so in love with my wife now. I was so in love with her then that all the fetish stuff went off to the side. My my main mission in life, I'd already had my my job. That's my career now. And my main mission in life, I'm going to court this woman. I'm going to, I'm going to make her mine. So, you know, that's, that's the next year and a half of my life. We're having a great time. I'm happy. It's a good sex life. I'll be at vanilla, but it's good. We're having a, we we travel. We go places. I'm happy. I'm happy. And for the I could imagine I, I, for a guy who has so much going on at all times and it's so confusing. I would assume that's like the eye of like you know inside the hurricane that really calm thing that's just like in the middle of it. Like that's like where you're at for that year and a half. And just in, so it's so much more clear than any other time in your life. Unfortunately, you know, I love it doesn't that last. Analogy. Yeah. That's a great analogy, the eye of the hurricane. Yeah. That's exactly, in hindsight, what it, what it was. Yeah. It was this nice, calm, peaceful spot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we start, we, we get into life. We get married. We're, we buy a house. We get married. We, uh, she gets pregnant on the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And we have our first kid. And it is all the whirlwind, a whirlwind. So from the time we got engaged until our first child was less than three years. So we get engaged. The next year we get a house. The next year we get married. The next year we have a baby. The next year after that we have another baby. Like wow. Boom, 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 yeah, boom, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not getting the attention I used to get. I'm not, we're not as intimate as we've been. The The travel has stopped. So all of a sudden I start falling back into my bad habits. And and where we started the phone call with me starting to chat online with this this woman, this is about the time period we're entering now. So I slowly start wearing my wife's clothes when she's not home. Um, I'm going on to like chat roulette and other cam sites to get that little voyeur fix. And I'm getting all of these little fetish fixes here and there. And just like any other addiction, it just keeps getting more. I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. And because I need more, I'm less focused on the cleanup or hiding my trail and keeping things buried. And, uh, I left the file open of a screenshot, I think it was, how she found it, or maybe it was an email draft or so one Could of I my... Can I just ask you a question, though? With this girl, yeah. like when you were doing all that cheating and stuff, were you feeling guilty about it that you were doing awful. it? I mean, yeah. Yeah, awful, mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. But but my vices and, and the trauma that was probably driving those vices was, was overpowering. Yeah. You know, no, I just um, always think the guilty ones get caught and the people that don't fucking think anything's bad or what they do don't get caught. I think that they're getting caught and being sloppy is the part of you that feels bad's way of like stopping it. 
it's a weird, it's a stretch, that. but yeah. that's what I believe goes on. And that's why whenever I'm talking to a cheater, I always ask them whether they feel guilty or not. And then when they do, and when it's the guy that's like, I just feel so bad, but I can't stop. I'm like, well, you better fucking stop because if you don't, you're going to get caught. You, that part of you is going to stop you. It's the person that complains about their job, that they're unhappy every fucking day. And then they get fired. And they're like, how did I get fired? It's like, you brought it upon <laughs> yourself. Like, I, you know what I yes. mean? Like take control of what you're unhappy about and do something about it. Or it will take control and work its way out on its own. You know, you were like feeling so bad about it and then boom, you get caught. I just always think that that's always in play, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. the, the the laziness combined with the fix and the need for more, it's it's always on a path to destruction, no matter which way you write it. And and the guilt I, is a the thing. Guilt, yeah. Does, that's yeah. is the worst. And there's listen, I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's a part of you that doesn't want to be doing it. It's that whole part of you that says this is not right. Even in the same thing with the person that hates their job, they should leave their job. You shouldn't be unhappy yeah. at your job. You should fucking leave. It's some part of you that is whole that wants to be happy is like screaming to you and you don't fucking listen. So then your boss does it for you. It's the same thing with yeah. you. Like you don't, what you're doing is not right. It's not in line with who you are. And so yeah. that part of you, that whole part of you will make it stop by sabotaging, by getting you caught. It's no different than the guy that has up his whole part of him is saying, this is fucking fine. Doesn't get caught. There's no yeah. problem there. Do you know what I mean? So that which always baffled me. Yeah, I, never, yeah. I always thought that was unfair. That like I feel bad about this cheating thing, and I get caught, and this guy doesn't care. And he's no, but it's because you person the same way. No, but that's where it's coming from. It's because the, the it's not in line with who you are and where you're at and your yeah. evolution. Somebody else could yeah. do it. They feel okay, and that's fucking right for them in their life. And that's why I think everybody's story is so unique and should be told. And everybody writes their own rules and. The, to me, it's the worst thing is when you're doing something that you don't feel right about, you know? Yeah. That's when you get in trouble. But that's okay because, listen, it's it, it, it created this moment in your life where it really helped you. Like I said, it's not a bad part of you that feels guilty. It's the whole part of you, the best part of you. It's the whole part. And that's yeah. the irony of it. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I, and I still say this to my wife, that awful moment, like doing – something that I hated doing myself to the person I love the most is probably one of the worst feelings I've ever had to go through and experience, but it brought me to this place of such openness and fluidity. And I, I, I can express who I am. My, my wife is the one that gives me pedicures, you know, every other week. Yeah. That's amazing. So, you know, that's yeah, like chills. Cause someone gets the chills when they hear that, you know, because that's, that's like, but that's what hap That's what does happen. That's why I say it is not a bad thing, that guilt. That is a part of you that is screaming and saying, like, this is not right. That's the real you. The you that wasn't fucking raped when he was a child. The one that wasn't peed on, you know. It's that It's that whole person that, was, that you were before all that nonsense, you know. But you got to work through it. And that's why life is messy. And that's why I get so mad when people are like, ooh, all fucking cheaters are scumbags and stuff. Like, no, people, human beings go through shit like we're not perfect we're not supposed to be perfect we're supposed to take on garbage and work through it I mean this is just like what life's about you know um, and this is like the real stuff that a lot of times is behind this kind of stuff that so many people judge people by you know it's it's trauma it's real bad things that happen to somebody and then they act out and they do all these things. And yeah, they're hurtful and it's terrible and it doesn't mean that it's right, you know, but there are reasons for it. I appreciate you saying that because yeah. I think all of that's true. I think all yeah. of that's true because none of the, the negative things I did to my ex-girlfriend or my wife did I ever want to do. Um, and then, then I live with that guilt and that shame for so long. And yeah. it's taken a lot. It's taken therapy. I've done therapy myself. I've done couples therapy with my wife. I showed up to my therapist, my last appointment. It was right when COVID hit. It was mm -hmm. the last time she was seeing people. And I, I wore a dress into her office. I'm like, here I wow. am. Wow. All the stuff I've been talking about. And, wow. Uh, that was very liberating. Yeah. And you went in like with all your shit right there. Like you're going to walk in and and dump it on her. Like this is who you're going to be fucking talking to. <laughs> That's great. You, you, you know, hearing you acknowledge that it's like the real me that doesn't carry the trauma. That's the person I've always been. I got to I gotta hit things head on. Yeah. I, I don't like to drag my feet or hide. So 
having to hide the cross-dressing, having to hide the fetishes. It's it's this extra weight I have to like drag around with me all the time. Listen, if it wasn't, if if it, you wouldn't have felt guilty if that wasn't the case. Do you know what I mean? That's the what I'm trying to yeah. say. That's yeah. the whole point yeah. of that guilt is not a bad thing. Sometimes it's it's just a signpost. It's telling you something. It's a part of you tell, trying to tell you something. And you know, if you don't learn, it's like like I said, bring it back to the guy at work that fucking hates their job. You know, it's just some part of you is saying you need to change, but because people don't want to change and go through that heart, it's a scary to leave your job and then find a new one and you don't know all. It's scary to do what you did, which was like expose your true self and work through it and be honest, you know, all that. So instead we just stay in what we're doing. And, but that guilt is telling you this needs to be tended to. And a lot of times if we don't listen to that guilt and do the change that we need to do it, the guilt, that part of you does it for you. That's sabotage, yeah. but it's always you for the best. Live, it's always for the best. You live with the weight. Yeah, you live with the weight, or you can plow right through and and make and do it yourself, and 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 yeah, walk yeah. away, walk forward with your head up high, or do it like you did with your head down low. You get caught; everything <laughs> is messy. But you know that's sometimes life. <laughs> yeah. So you know, finally, after this point, I'm able to to start having fun with my fetishes and and my no. But wait, let's go wife. back to the story where I love. So wait, so your wife, okay, catches mm-hmm. you cheating. Yes. Now, when do you cop? I know that you said one day I just dressed up and let her know. I mean, how does that hold? Is there a that conversation first? Okay, so the next nope. day, what happens? You come out in your outfit, or like what happens exactly then? Uh, I come home from work that day, mm-hmm. and 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 we address it. I'm like, I can't. I'm not going to chase this around. We're dealing with this head on, and and so I told her everything. I said, this is, these are the things I like to do. I've been wearing your clothes. I've been trying this, and. She was hurt by it, and then, and there was a lot of things that that she was like taken aback, like offended and sort of violated that I went into her closet and took mm-hmm. her clothes, and mm-hmm. I was doing things with her stuff behind her back, all of which I get, and we've since worked through. Um, but I just said, I, I'm going to do this. Actually, it wasn't the next day. The next day, I ordered two dresses. That's that's what we did the next day. I, her and I looked together. I think I'll look good. And this is what I want to feel like. She goes, I think you'll look good in that. We ordered two dresses and the night they arrive, I, I put them on and I put on a pair of heels and I walk out there and, and let her take pictures. And when I look back at them, they're the most awkward pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I can um, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was nervous. I was embarrassed. I was all, all of these feelings, but the one feeling I didn't have that I always had in all my other experiences was shame. Exactly. Um, so I was able to shed the shame mm-hmm. and through, through this journey and my wife giving me the space and the trust to try to explore who I am, I found this security in her where she's like my security blanket. She's my home. And if, you know, I need to dress or I need an outlet, I can, I can tell her, or if I'm dressed and she's coming home with somebody or knows someone's about to come home, she'll give me the heads up like, Hey, you might want to change. And so I've got, all of this protective, the shield that I used to put up myself and carry around like armor holding on all these secrets is mm-hmm. like now I get her as my shield and I get to like in the world of her and I do whatever I want to be however I want. And it's it's been so liberating. It's been so free. I've got my own wardrobe right next to her wardrobe in the closet wow. of both men's and women's clothes. Mm-hmm. I've got a plethora of shoes because the this, this foot fetish has grown. Um you know, I enjoy my my toes done and having a pedicure regularly. I enjoy her toes and and getting to enjoy all parts of her body. Um, we've we've played with pee. She's peed on me. Um, she's not so much into being peed on, but she'll indulge whatever my fantasies are. Um, and it's gotten to the point where we've we've been with two men and within our marriage. No we've two fucking men in. Yeah. way. Yeah. Wow. Imagine. Yeah. I mean, would you have ever imagined that this life would have been possible with anybody before all of this? I didn't. I, th- I thought it was impossible, and it was part of the reason I didn't tell her, because yeah. my last girlfriend ran away when she saw it, and I thought the person I love the most in the world was going to run away on me of course. as soon as she found out. Mm-hmm. And it was exactly the opposite. You know, when you find true love in a, in a person who's your partner... They're not going to run. They'll stand in, the, in some of the most difficult, challenging things. I know it hurt her to go through this process. It wasn't easy for her. It wasn't easy for me either, but we did it together. And we've come out 
COVID was the best thing in the world because I, it forced me to not have to see people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to wear women's clothes all day, um, whatever I wanted. My kids were still young enough that they didn't know the difference between gendered clothes or not. And I, I had a blast. The 18 months of like having to, to live at my house with not seeing anybody, I just, I explored it all. And, and it really accelerated our relationship and the kinks that we get to explore. And so once COVID was over and, and we felt safe enough, we had already talked about like me enjoying men and mm -hmm. what, what does that mean to mm -hmm. me? Um, I told her, I want to see her with another man. I want to enjoy watching her and seeing her. Oh, that's where the little stag vixen thing you brought up before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she's chatted with people. She's had little kick conversations and she's, you know, sexted with other guys and that's been fun and arousing to me. And, she enjoys it to an extent. It's not anything she's heavy to pursue, but it's, it's like if we're away on vacation, say we go to Vegas and somebody's hitting on her, I wouldn't put it past her to just go with it. And I'd be happy to let her indulge. Right. Um, mm -hmm. She's also enjoyed seeing me. She's watched me give oral to a guy. Um, there was one guy who was eating her out and while I gave him head. Um, Weird. Now, how did you both... meet? How did you make this whole situation happen? Was it like, did you go on an app or something? I went, we, we were using Grindr. Mm -hmm. um, we, we tried, we tried them all. We've tried Tinder. We've tried Grindr. I've gone on adult friend finder. Yeah. Um, and so far Grindr has been where we've met the two, the two men, but neither of them are, are overwhelmingly fulfilling. We're still, we're still in this, like, we haven't found the, the person or the type of guy because gay guys that want to eat pussy and play with girls aren't that good at it. And She's not satisfied. I, I enjoy it because, you know, their dicks are getting hard. They're coming and, and I'm making them orgasm. And we're having a great time. Um, but then on the other side of it, guys that are into having sex with her really want nothing to do with me. Oh, um, you haven't found that right guy in the middle like you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another interesting side note, um, as my wife and I came out to each other, before COVID. So all of that, her, me getting caught and then wearing clothes and starting our journey was tw 2018. So 2018 into 2019 is was when a lot of that exploring was going on. And right around 2019 is when I started to go to therapy. That summer, I went on a trip with a bunch of my, with, with a couple of guy friends. And, I'm, I'm, you know, we got drunk one night and we're sitting at the bar and my one friend is talking to somebody else down at the end of, end of the bar. And I turned to my friend close by and, and we've been really close since childhood since you know we were three four years old enough where i feel like i can spill my guts or, or say the risky thing and even if he doesn't take it right we'd still be okay so i just go for it I've got a whiskey in my hand and i turn and i say i cross dress and and he like drops his glass on the bar oh, <laughs> yeah, this bar top he kind of drops his glass and i'm like oh shit i said the wrong thing and he goes, you got to be kidding me. Oh, shit. I said the wrong thing. I do, too. I didn't remember what? this from the email. What? I'm like, oh, now I remember what? who you are. This is so much fucking great stuff in this episode. Yeah. I, I go, what did you just say? Yeah. And, and I mean, my eyes started to well as he's telling me this. I'm like, no shit. I found a friend that I've known my whole life. Wow. Who, who gets me, who gets this. And we've we've opened up we're open i even i texted him and said hey i'm going on the, the podcast because I've, sh I've shared your podcast with him my wife and i listen to your podcast and he uh he works for a delivery service mm -hmm. and you know he listens to a lot of podcasts all day long so he, he enjoys your podcast as well and I, I i said i'm going on and he was happy for me because you know we've shared a lot of this our kinks wow. are different we're, we're similar in some ways but we're different mm -hmm. but I've, I've got a confidant now i've got my wife but i've also got a confidant that i can I can share and relate with, which is, which is pretty cool. Now, where is he in the story? Is he open? Does he have a partner? Is this the, he's married. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're both married and we both, we both have children. Our children are around the same age, which is nice because all our kids get to hang out. Um, the four of us as a couple all know, you know, oh, okay. I, so I, his wife knows. Go into, his wife knows. Mm -hmm. In fact, he was open to his wife before I was. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. So much so that he had explored some other things. And he's actually the one who introduced me to chastity. And I've I've gotten into chastity play. In fact, I, I really enjoy it. Um, it's something that keeps me feeling honest to my wife and, and not that cheater version of me. Um, 
I, I, I've got this sort of mantra that's I've grown to like where like my dick is just for her. So if I'm hooking up with guys, I, I, I bottom. I prefer to be a bottom if I'm going to hook up with, with other guys. Um, I want nothing to do with sticking my dick into anybody else. Uh, that's that's for my wife. Yeah. And if we are playing with other people in a group setting, if my wife wants to unlock me and let me play, uh, that's that's her decision. And, and it, and it kind of gives me the security that I won't ever be that cheater again, too. So it makes me feel safe. It's kind of kinky and fun. Um, and, and you know, I'm, I'm in chastity right now. She's She's got the key. She wears it around her neck and it's our subtle little connection. She sees, she even says when she, when she misses me or she's thinking about me, she'll grab the key and just think about it. And that, that makes me feel a little warm and fuzzy. Um, What's the longest time she's let you, uh, had you stay in that? A month. What? A little bit more. Yeah. One month. Yeah. Wow. So that's one um, month without coming, right? Uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Oh. In fact, I've, I, I do, I can come, from anal stimulation so oh, okay. i can have a prostate orgasm um so she'll peg me and we'll play with strap-ons and we have a whole <laughs> my mother actually got me for christmas a, a briefcase for me to carry to work because she thought it looked more professional oh, don't even tell me what <laughs> <laughs> that's the sex toy oh bag. my god you're my poor mother <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> um so yeah i've learned to i learned to have an anal orgasm which is very reminiscent of that time with the transsexual that like that orgasm i've been chasing so i've, yeah. I've actually had i've had an orgasm to surpass so I, I've, I've not only chased but i've caught up and surpassed that orgasm mm-hmm. and and all of all of my top orgasms that I would put on my list are, are all with my wife now. What some wow. of them are in chastity as a bottom, and her pegging me. Some of them are are me and her, just husband and wife. You know, regular cis married people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, fluid, fluid's the best way I can describe it. You know, we 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 do it all. I think I have three three no go zones, and that's any any sort of bondage or domination that brings me back to the to that trauma and the rape yeah so i don't you know i don't like being held down by a man i don't like being sort of handcuffed and 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 not able to escape when i need to um anything blood and cutting and anything with with scat or poop but if i if it's not in that category i'll try it twice i'll try it twice and if i like it i like it so far i haven't really found much that i don't enjoy so i've got this whole journey ahead of me with my wife to just explore we've done some of it there's a list that we want to check off and here i am talking to you while i'm sitting in my dress and locked in chastity and i won't get out of chastity until her and i go on a vacation we're going on a little kink vacation um columbus day weekend what's a kink vacation where you go out and do all your stuff because you're not with the kids and stuff Uh, like that yep yep the kids are taken care of we we get out of our our hometown and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna be dressed in women's clothes for for three days or however long, you know, and just enjoy whatever I want to be. Um, I still carry a beard, so I'm not passable. I don't try to be passable. I enjoy, you know, playing and experimenting with makeup and things, but really it's the clothing. It's, it's the way it makes my body look. It's the way my legs, my legs look and my, my, my feet and my pedicures and high heeled shoes. And just, I want to be able to go in and, and enjoy that we my first trip the first time i ever went out publicly my wife took me to new york city january of 2019 before or january of 2020 before the world oh, right before yeah right before um and we went out to to a club and i wore i wore a dress but i i wore jeans over the dress because i was nervous and i got to the club and i realized it was a very like lgbtq club it was like let your freak flags fly yeah new york people like in new york it's it's easier to just be yourself and nobody fucking gives a shit or like you know if anything you're like cool like you know i i live i live two hours out of the city so Mm -hmm. for me to to think of new york as a different world is strange sometimes because it is so close to home i go to the city often so and, and chances of me running into somebody in any borough of the city is possible, too. Totally, friends yeah. Friends go down there for for, for many reasons. Mm-hmm. So I, I took my pants off, and here I am in a dress in this club, and I look around, and I realize I'm one of the more modest-dressed people. And, and <laughs> That's funny. Made, made, made me feel a little free. So because of COVID, we haven't really been able to go on another vacation like that. I've had my chances to dress at home and, and to take little short day trips places, but yeah, we're going to we're going to go out and spend Columbus Day weekend 
doing doing as I please, dressed how I please, and and hopefully satisfy those big cravings because careers are busy, kids are busy, and I, I don't always get a chance to do that. To make it even more complicated, we're about to build a house, so I have to live with my mother-in-law. So here I am oh. talking talking to you in in someone else's house. I had oh my, my own space, my own privacy, my yeah. own sanctuary for almost a decade, and that now I'm shacked up with my mother-in-law. Um, but thankfully, she's she's very open. You know, I have my toes painted now. I was out in a in a nightgown and my toes painted on the couch with her and my wife. Oh, she's, she's even down with it. She's fine. She knows. Nothing to say. I I, I came out to her about my toes. I just wanted to like let her know that yeah. I paint my toes. Yeah. Not necessarily dressing. Yeah. And I told her all nervous. You know, I was thinking about it all day. How do I tell her? How do I tell her? And so I finally say, hey, I want to let you know something. Uh, my wife likes to paint my toes and I, and I enjoy that. She looked at me and she's like, what the fuck are you telling me for? <laughs> like, uh, why do I care? Right. And it oh, wow. was one of the most relieving things. So at least I get to be a little bit of who I am here. Um, my kids are getting older too. So gender is starting to become a question. And uh, I'm not shy about who I am, but I'm just trying to be developmentally appropriate. You know, I don't want to yeah. be prancing around in high heels and dresses with my fetish and kink world brain yeah, going. Yeah, totally. And, and my kids go, Dad, what is? what are you doing? What's that thing on your penis? Yeah, so. I think that it's sometimes like, listen, nobody, even vanilla people, you know, people who do it missionary with each other, male and female, discuss their sex lives with their children. So there's always that line no, that and, should be yeah. in anyone's life. It doesn't mean just because well, you do that, your children have to know. They don't know about, like like I said, vanilla people's sex life. So why do they need to know about, a, you know... A, this kind of sex life it's just it's- i want my kids to also know that if you want to paint your toenails and that's something that you enjoy doing that there's nothing wrong with that so right that's I, not I, sexual yeah i don't want to i don't want to encourage things but i also don't want them to be confused by my line of like my femininity and my sexuality and all of those things because i'm still kind of confused as i'm saying i'm still exploring with my wife so i don't want to put something out there that i'm confused by because then they will be confused it. yeah but once you're not yeah. confused they won't be you know that's for sure that's why for it sure. is smart then to keep it to yourself until you get that clear because that will translate whatever it is to your children that's what they'll pick up on quick question before we end this i just want to know because i think that therapy is very important and i think that that's a key thing here in your story that you did mm-hmm. get into therapy i'm assuming you you're still in therapy like how did you go about finding the right therapist i think that getting the right one is the most important thing i mean you were pretty lucky that the first one you found was was good i mean is that how did you well find, it wasn't the first it wasn't so, the first one but by, by, by nature i you know i i said i was a teacher i research and looking things up it's what i do yeah and it's it's what i'm good at so i did my homework mm-hmm. and um as i acknowledged i'm close to new york city so there's other metropolitan areas nearby that I can drive to that mm-hmm. are within an hour's distance. So I found a a therapist. I had to pay out of pocket. There was no insurance to cover it. So yeah. I was paying, you know, 120, 150 a, a visit. Yeah. Um, but it was a 45 minute drive for me and I got out of town a little bit and she was a sex specific therapist. I found it through a database. Um, okay. I forget the name of that database now, but there is a like a sex therapy and psychologist database. Mm-hmm. If you go Google it and it'll give a list of therapists who are accredited and affiliated in, in those areas. And so I found, I reached out, I found her and I think I went for it's about a year and a half. I think there was mm-hmm. about 20 sessions with, a, with five of them with my wife and then the pandemic hit and she offered that we can go virtual, but she goes, you know, to be a little candid, it sounds like you still have some work to do, but because of your past tragedy that you had other like grief counselors and some therapy there, you have some background in therapy and psychology, um, you kind of know what to do. I'm here. You can always make another appointment, but unless you feel you need it, I don't feel that you need to come and see me. You and your wife seem to have a very good open line of communication. From what I've seen in our sessions, you two are are pretty good at communicating. So if you need me, call me. But uh, with the pandemic and virtual thing, it may not be the easiest for us. So we'll leave it at that. And I haven't gone back. That was... Right. So your wife became your... Like you said, she became that person. You know, you didn't... That you lean on, that helps you. That's your rock. And as it should be, that's great. 
Yeah. Yeah. And really changing the way you, you speak to each other. It's mm-hmm. not, I think, or I want it's, it sounded to me like, so I, I've learned to speak more from like the way I receive and perceive things rather than trying to dictate how I think she's hearing things or what I'm trying to say. So just, just something little, like trying to be open and not tell the other person what they should or how they should think or, or what they should receive it as, but just say from my perspective or the way I've seen it. And it's not always, not always perfect. It's ugly. We've had some ugly conversations. We've had some heartbreak. We've had our sexual kinks get in the way and cause problems. I've had my trauma resurface and I lash out at my wife while I'm in chastity. And she's, you know, like, screw this. We're not doing this anymore. Um, But we always come back and talk about it. And I've learned rather than letting the, the shame and the guilt, like we were talking about, carry you around. And, and rather than that going on for weeks and months at a time to just take the difficult choice and address it, go, go right head on into it and uh, tell my wife, you know, just put it out there. Right. So you guys have and full so transparency. Yeah. We don't tell each other everything all the time, but push come to shove, we'll, we'll say it. And when mm-hmm. things are difficult, we're open. So it's been really good. I love it. I love this whole story. Like I said, I'm definitely going to put this on the regular podcast because I think there's it's a good one, and I it's like got cool. so much more to it than the cross dressing. But I think it's important, and it's, it will be good for my fetish Fridays because I think a lot of people who have a fetish, whether it's cross dressing or anything, uh, or anyone living a double life, can relate to this episode on so many levels so thank you so much what do we call you what the fuck is your name terry oh terry i always forget okay (laughs) thank you terry thank you so much for calling in it's going to be up either this friday coming up for fetish fridays or the following so definitely stay tuned and let everybody listen to it (laughs) thanks so much i love this story thank you great bye terry bye Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.